If you could please open with me to Romans chapter 8. This will be the main chapter that we are in. A few verses here that we're going to be diving into. And we will, work, we will read from verse uh, 28. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Our key verse, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you so much that we have your word, God, that you gave us your word. And we pray for every listener. We pray for every single person, for there to be room in their heart for your word. We thank you that your word is like a seed, God, and we pray for the heart of every person listening, that there be good ground for this seed to fall upon. And we thank you that your word is faithful to bring fruit in our life. And so we open up our heart, God, to hear what you have to say to us. We want to hear with our ears. We want to hear with our heart. And we thank you so much for one another. We thank you for every person. And despite what anyone might be facing, we thank you for your word and what it does in our heart, giving us faith, giving us light to our path. We bless one another in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, this message is called, Who Can Be Against Us? Who can be against us? Now, before, uh, and I think we love, we love to quote this verse, who can be, if God is for us, who can be against us, but there's a question that's asked in the beginning of chapter of verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? And the things that we, uh, Paul is asking about is what he just said in the previous verses. Those he predestined, he conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Who can be against us if God is for us? God is for us because of his son, Christ. And through his son, Christ, this all began. God is for us because of his son, Jesus. Now, when it talks about these verses of God calling us and calling us through his son and to be conformed to the image of his son and that God predestined us and chosen us, everything that we have from God has come through and from his son, Jesus Christ. May I remind you, Psalm 139, where David is saying these words. He said, in my mother's womb, I was formed. In my mother's womb, you knew me. So God's choosing of us and God preparing a plan for us. And this word predestines that some have used uh, in the opposite of what it means, that there are some that are chosen to be saved and some that are chosen to die. But God gave up his only son that through his son, he could save the world, not a special category group of people. No matter the color of your skin, no matter where you were raised. Now, it's wonderful to be born in a Christian family. It's wonderful to be attending a church. But this is not what qualifies me to be chosen by God, predestined by God, and to walk in the plans of God. 
I can grow up in a non-Christian home. I can grow up in the ghetto. I can grow up with a, back, a, a, a bad background or a horrible story. I, can, I could have been raised anywhere. What, what color my skin is, what language I speak. It's because of Christ who was chosen by God to be, the, to be the one who took my place and in whom I have been chosen, in whom I've been given a calling, a purpose, and a plan. We look too much to ourselves. Daddy was a preacher, grandpa was a preacher, so I'm gonna be a preacher. I don't get qualified as a preacher because of my background. I get qualified as a preacher because of God's calling upon our life. So God called us. He called us because of his son. He called us within his son. So everything that God has given to me, it comes through his son. What Jesus has done has given me a right to be called by God, chosen by God. I'm named by God. I got a plan from God. My purpose is in with God. I've been predestined by God to walk out his plans because of Christ Jesus who is my Lord. Because of what Christ has done. So, with all this said, who can be against us if God is for us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Remember the story of Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Well, his life and what happened in his life and through his life, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament. But when you, uh, I'm blown away every time I read, I read the story of Joseph and I read what he went through, you just get, man, if you really just read what happened, you get mind blown every time you read it, no matter if you, doesn't matter if you read it a hundred times. And we know there's a verse that talks about that everything, happened in the, everything that happened in the Old Testament, everything that happened in, in the law in the times of the prophets was a foreshadow of the things that would come. So we can look to a lot of different passages, a lot of different stories, a lot of things that God did on purpose, right, to show us what would happen in the future, to speak in a, in a sense, to speak of Christ to come and what Christ would do for the world and for the church. Now, Joseph, for me, is one of the most symbolic lives lived of that of Christ in the Old Testament. There is so much similarity in the life of Joseph and the things that he even who he was and how he gets sold by his brothers and how he is loved by his father but hated by his brethren, gets sold as a slave to go to Egypt. And we see all these, all these things that are happening in Joseph's, Joseph's life and how they're so connected to what would happen to Christ and the role that Christ would play just like Joseph played in the time of Egypt. Are you here? So when we look at the life of Joseph, it's interesting to me that God appoints him God appoints him, God calls him, just like we're talking about here in Romans chapter 8, and he, he brings him into Egypt. And remember this moment in Joseph's life. Um, you would think everything that Joseph would face, man, there would be so many questions, so many questions. And I believe he probably had these questions. But a moment came, and we don't exactly know when this moment happened, but a moment came where Joseph understood completely that everything that had happened to him was not something that his brothers had devised or planned but was actually ordained by God. Are you here? It was ordained by God because remember, he's standing in the court of Pharaoh and his brothers come and they're afraid when they found out that he was alive and that this is in fact Joseph, their brother, they were afraid at what he would do to them. And he tells them, brothers, don't be afraid because it's not what you did that brought me here. It was what God did that brought me here. And he understood that it was God 
that allowed him, allowed those things to happen that happened and allowed him to be in the place that he was. And now God had a plan that through his life he was going to save the world. Does this sound familiar? A Jewish boy who was not liked by his brothers, but falsely accused, put in prison, and then standing one day in the court of Pharaoh because what God intended to do, no man can stop. And so when Pharaoh had no choice but to look for somebody that could help him, God had prepared somebody that was right under his court in his cell that God was about to raise up and God was appointing to use. And so now the moment came for what only God can do. And I believe we're in a season where we, we are going to face some things that only God can do. Are you here? And so Joseph was standing in the court of Pharaoh, and God is now using Joseph as an instrument, giving him divine wisdom to prepare things because when Pharaoh had dreams that he could interpret, God, God began to speak through Joseph into Pharaoh's life exactly the things that would happen in the next seven years and the seven years following, preparing the world for what was about to happen. Jesus will always prepare his church. You know, but when we stepped into, into this year, you know, every year we step in, every year that you step into, you, you, make, you make serious spiritual plans, all right? You make plans to fast um, almost every day of the week. You make plans to read the Bible uh, 17 times at least. You make plans to be at every prayer meeting. Are you here? You have serious spiritual plans. And when we stepped into this year, it wasn't just like any other year, yeah, we need to pray more, yeah, we need to read more, but we had a sincere desire in our heart that this year would be a year where we as a team and as a church would step into prayer, into fasting like never before. And so when we started this year, we had a three-day fast that we planned out. We planned a three-day fast. We went out to the beach. Uh, it's a great place to fast. Went to the beach, and we were fasting there with our team for three days and praying. And one of the prayer evenings we had, uh, we're praying, we're about to wrap up prayer, and one of our, one of our guys in the team, he's praying in tongues, and, and when, when you listen to him pray in tongues, he's not just praying, and you, you kind of hear the same syllable, syllables or the same words, but it's as if he's speaking in another language, like he, he's, it was supernatural, he's praying things, and it's as if, as if he's talking in another language, and we're just all listening, and our pastor encourages him, he's like, listen, if, you, if you're understanding what you're saying, because Sometimes when you pray in the Spirit, God gives you understanding of what you're praying about. And so he's like, if you, if you have understanding of what you're praying about, I want you to just to start telling us. So he continues to pray in the Spirit. And then he says, when I was praying in the Spirit, I actually understood the words that were coming out of my mouth. And here's what God was telling me. And so we're all, we're all ears open. He says, God told me that something's going to happen in March and we need to get ready. And we're all... We're thinking March Madness, what's, it, what's gonna happen in March? March? March is a big season in sports or it's springtime, summer's around the corner. When March happens, when March comes, something's gonna happen and we need to be ready. And so we you know, put it on the shelf and we finished our, finished our fast and prayer. And when all this stuff started in March, March 22nd was our last time gathering all together. And one of our, some of our team began to remember the things that was said to us in that prayer. God will always prepare us when we face different things. We are, we are not people that are left in the unknown or left in, in blind sight or we're not going to know what's to come. Christ is always preparing his church. We just need to listen. Christ always is going to get us ready. And so Joseph, listen, Joseph is standing before Pharaoh and he has godly wisdom to tell Pharaoh exactly what needs to be done to get ready for what's going to happen. Now it's interesting 
Uh, not too many people come into Egypt when things were good, but when things get bad, everybody starts coming to Egypt. Why? Because there's someone in Egypt who's equipped to help them. Some have deemed that church is not essential in this time. That Costco is more essential than church. That liquor stores are more essential than church. Plant Parenthood, in fact, is more essential than church. But we are under the conviction that church is the most essential. You can say organization, call it what you want from this world. Organization, religion, uh, gathering, uh, corporation. Church is the most important entity in the world, especially in the times that we face right now. If Christ's body was torn, that we could be made whole and gather, then what can stop us from gathering? Who can be against us if God's word has told us to gather and to be together? Let us not give up meeting together, but encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.25. Church is the most essential. And see, when resources begin to run out for people all over the world, they, they stocked up, they had, they had their little barns with grain and, and their animals and their livestock. But when things began to run out, they had to come to the place that still had more than enough in which, whose, whose storehouses were still full. And they began to come to Egypt. And Joseph, in preparation, has storehouses that are full of grain. They... They were numbering how much grain was, with, was, was within these storehouses until a moment came where they could not number anymore. It says they stopped, kept, they stopped keeping track. They just kept filling them up and filling them up and filling them up, and they stopped keeping track of how much grain there was because there's too much to count. Are you here? And all of a sudden, Joseph becomes the only source to which man can come to to receive grain, to receive food. They were turning in their livestock. They were turning in their wealth. They were turning in their, 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 uh, the things they owned and valuable things that were valuable to them. They were turning them in to receive grain, to receive food in the time that they were in a, in a serious famine. Now, if we read farther in Romans 8, look what it says. Verse 37. Let's read it actually a little bit before. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We cannot conquer on our own. Think about this time that Joseph was living and people began to come from all over for food. People began to come all from all over because what they had had begun, had, to run, had begun to run out and they came somewhere to a place that did not run out. Now Jesus made this announcement. He made only a few of these announcements when he would say things like, I am and the next thing. I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. But one of the things that he said, he said, I am the bread of life. 
The most essential thing for every human is Jesus who is the bread of life. You can fill your stomach, but when your soul is empty, when your spirit is without life, who do you go to? Costco fills up the fridge, but it doesn't fill you up from within. And so when people are facing fear, when people are facing doubt, when people are, are, are struggling in depression or don't know what's next in their life, but we, have a, we, are, we, are in a, we are in an institution that's saying these things are all valuable and essential, but the church is not. My friend, I'd like to argue, and I'm under the conviction, that the church in the times like this is the most essential thing for the people that need it the most. It, because you, you can give them food and give them drink, but when they are facing fears and doubts in an enemy that's stronger than them, there's a source that we have that God decided to come out of Egypt. He said, out of Egypt I called my son. Hosea 11.1, out of Egypt I called my son. He appoints Joseph in Egypt as the source to come to that has something to give to the people. No one's trying to be a hero here. We have one hero. We have one source. He's not distributor, he is supply. He does not run out of what he has. He does not run out of what we need. Every promise the Bible says is yes and amen in him. Amen. Everything that you might have need of, you find in him. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. If you're hungry, come to me. If you're weary, heavy laden, come to me. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will give you rest. He has everything that every person might need. And listen, this is not just the time for the church to shine. This is a time for people that are in darkness to see the light. When people need hope in this time, when people need their faith to be strengthened, or those that have no faith, he becomes the source. Through Christ, through Christ, we are more than conquerors. Through Christ, I cannot, maybe, maybe, maybe you've been here before, I found myself sometimes losing in life because I'm trying to fight on my own. I'm trying to prove something to someone, even trying to sometimes prove something to God. Paul says, listen, in all these things that you might face, you are more than, <laughs> more than. It's not, you're not just going to win. There's more than you just winning. There is more than you overcoming. You are more than conquerors. Think about this. And this, is, this cannot be done outside of Christ just like it could not be done outside of Joseph. He was the appointed person that even Pharaoh said, listen, only my throne is greater than you. Everyone and everything is under your control and they are to come to you and you distribute the food as you see fit. It's crazy that Christ through his Holy Spirit gives us gifts to each person, gives us everything we need, distributes to us what we need. You can find grace in the time of your need when you approach the throne of grace with boldness because of what he's done, because of who he is, because of his victory. I'm not winning something that I'm trying to win on my own. He already won, and through him, I am more than a conqueror. Through him who loved me, I am more than a conqueror. I win because he won, and I win because I'm in him. It's not my strength. Listen, the last thing we need to do right now is trust in our strength. Trust 
in our experience, trust in our knowledge. We need to trust in his word. We need to trust in him. He's the source. And when everything, listen, it's good when everything begins to run out because we realize from whom it does not run out and we have to go there. We have to go there. If God is for us, who can be against us? Through him who loved me, I am more than a conqueror. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says these, these words. He says, for Christ's love, for Christ's love compels us. And I maybe want to end by, just by talking a little bit about the love of God and the love of Christ that is poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit. I came to the realization in my life in just these recent days that I cannot love God the way that he has loved me. He, in fact, the Bible says, is love. It's not a one-time thing. This is not something he pours out on us. It's who he is. He is love. And Paul's saying Christ's love, it compels us. What does it compel us to do? He goes on to say it compels us because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. So it's a, it's a laying, Paul says, it's a laying down of my life because I understand that Christ's love, and I'm convinced by this, he died for me. So Christ, I, I, I begin to realize I'm not, I don't have enough love on my own to do the things that God in these times has called me to do. Through him who loved me, I am more than a conqueror. His love is the only thing that I'm able to, to experience or have that then strengthens me and makes me able to do the things that God has called me to do. Like if somebody slaps you on your right cheek and the Bible says, give your other cheek. We get into, we get into dispute with our neighbor and we have a hard time loving them. If somebody whacks you on the face and God says, now you gotta give them the other cheek to whack. Or somebody calls you names or persecutes you or makes fun of you and you gotta in return not curse them but bless them. Somebody humiliates you and instead you don't do the same thing in return, you love them. Now look, it all sounds very heroic and very, you know, very powerful. I got hit, you know, one, one guy, he got hit in his right cheek, gave his other cheek, he got hit again and then after that second hit, he knocked the guy out. And the guy got up, he said, the Bible says you're supposed to give your other cheek. He said, I gave you my other cheek, but it doesn't say what to do next. <laughs> but do we, do we have that kind of love to be able to do that? Paul says the secret, listen, this is the secret. If God is for you, who can be against you? And then he goes on to say, no matter what you will face or what season you'll be in or what has come against you, there is nothing that can separate you from Christ's love. And you are, on top of that, more than a conqueror through him who loved you. Through him who loved you. He loved me. And in him, I find this reality. I begin to discover more within him the love that he has for me. On my best day, on my worst day. Sometimes we think we are, we can't be victorious if, if our week has been tough. When, when was it ever about you? When was it ever about what you could do? 
Yeah, we have loss, we have things we face, but we are more than conquerors. Sometimes the way we see one another is not the way God sees us. Sometimes when we see someone in a nice suit and a nice car and a beautiful family, man, he's so blessed. But do we consider the same man who maybe later will be imprisoned or chained up or beat up or not looking so nice and not next to his nice family, do we call him blessed? Because here it says, no matter what you might face when you are under persecution, when you are in, when you are in famine, when you are being named by people, when you're being made fun of, when you're being walked all over, when you are going through the fire, there you are more than a conqueror through him, my son, who loved you. He loved you and he gave his life for you. So before you did anything, his love was already there for you. He loved us when we were yet sinners. And this is the only source of our strength, the only source of power we have. His love poured out into our heart through his Holy Spirit that enables me to do the things that God has called me to do. When my neighbor hates me, I will love him. When I am cursed, I will bless. When I am walked on, I will lift up. When I'm put down, I will continue to encourage. I'm only able to do this through him who loved me. And I believe we will need Christ's love more than ever before. Think about how quickly you get irritated or frustrated. Think about how quickly your peace leaves you when you face a hard situation. Think about how quickly you forget about God and who he is when you face something in your life that's very hard. And Paul's reminding us that we are more than conquerors. This is not your scoreboard, it's his scoreboard. He won and in him you continue to win and he loved you. And I experienced victory here. Victory that I can't experience trying to become a conqueror by myself. This is crazy. The revelation of being a conqueror before you actually win a battle is the greatest battle. I already won in him. I already won in him. And I remain in him who loved me. God chose me, who can be against me? What am I gonna say to these things? Before I was in my mother's womb, before I came to this earth, God predestined me, he saw me through his son. When his son was dying, he was facing the hardship of the cross, but he said the glory that's to come does not match because he saw us, he saw you and me, he was dying for us. We were predestined within Christ's plan to redeem mankind to God again. This is the time for the church to love. This is the time for the church to gather. This is the time for the church to show people there is more. There is more and God loves this world too much to just watch and do nothing. Would you stand and pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for every listener. I thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit that's reminding us beyond even what we heard today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking into our heart. You're speaking to each one of us this morning. Right now, Father, we pray. I pray for every single person here. I pray for every single person watching us online. And I thank you, God, in despite of what they might be facing, in despite of what they might be going through, who can be against us if God is for us? And God, we know that you are for us because we are in your Son. 
Your son is the only one who pleased you and fulfilled, fulfilled the perfect plan that you had. And you glorified your son and you lifted up your son above every name, above every power and principality that at the name of your son Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. And your son we have accepted. We have accepted into our life. And we pray for every person who has not made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their Lord, into their life. And now who can be, who can be against us? Father, I thank you that no matter what we might be facing, that I declare over every person more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. It's not about what you've done, it's about what he's done. It's not how much you can improve, it's you remaining in him, coming to know his love. Like Paul being able to say, Christ's love compels us. It compels us to gather. It compels us to love. It compels us to forgive. It compels us to turn the other cheek. It, it compels us to go another mile. It compels us to give our last piece of bread. It compels us to open up our homes. It compels us. It compels us. It compels us. The love of Christ compels us. And I thank you, God, for your victory, your victory in each of our lives. And we bless one another right now. If you have any need this morning, you can write us as you're watching or you can raise your hand here. If you raise your hand, whatever need you might have, one of our leaders is gonna approach you where you are and we're gonna join you in prayer and pray for you. Father, I thank you so much right now. We give you every need we might have. We give you everything that we might be facing. And we thank you, we believe your word, we are more more than conquerors. God, we pray that you would encounter us, encounter each person here in a fresh way with your love, with your presence. We thank you, Lord, so much. Renew the strength of every believer. Renew the faith of every believer, the hope of every believer. We thank you, God, for what you have done through Christ. And we remain in this victory. We trust in your victory. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's begin to worship. Begin to pray. Begin to lift your voice. Shut up, my son.